Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Episode 195 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I think this entire nation is suffering from selective outrage. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the Commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I'm Chris Hahn, and welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends about what we do here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I really enjoy doing it. It's short and sweet tonight, just me. Going to talk about the two big events over the weekend. Hope uh, Hope you had a great weekend. And I hope you're ready to take on the week and take on the world. A couple of big events over the weekend, um, CPAC being the one I think most people are talking about today. So I, I guess I'll talk about that on the first half of this rant. What is CPAC? I, I mean, years ago, it used to be a place where conservatives went to talk about conservative thought, right? Ronald Reagan went there, George W. Bush. It was the kind of event where conservatives would debate what conservatism was. Today, it is basically Trump's pack, right? It is a Trump-loving festival. Now, the attendance was way down this year. And some of the notable people absent included Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who has made uh, combating wokeness the centerpiece of his agenda. I got into a debate with a friend of mine the other day whether or not that is uh, a worthwhile cause, at least to expand him into a national figure. I think it might be a good move in a Republican primary. But as I have said on this program before, I don't know anybody who would ever vote for a Democrat who thinks wokeness is a problem, right? So if he's convincing people about wokeness, uh, they are conservatives already. 
You're not finding many people who are concerned about it who aren't already predisposed. A lot of those people concerned about it were at CPAC, though. To me, CPAC should just be called the complaining pack at this point. Complaining political action conference. Why? Because that's all they do. They don't offer any real solutions. They offer platitudes towards solutions. But I didn't hear anything real. You know, I find from my career in politics that the candidates that win are the candidates that make the election about the people, not about themselves. And if you listen to Trump and the others at CPAC, you heard a lot of complaining, a lot of grievance, a lot of whining about what's going on now, and a lot of excuses for what happened during the four years of Trump. And You know, it's funny. They like to talk about the four years of Trump, but they only really want to talk about the three years of Trump. They don't want to talk about the final year of the Trump presidency where the world economy collapsed and over a million Americans died from COVID. Many more got sick, some with long-lasting impact. And you might say, Chris, oh, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, well, ask yourself this question. If Obama was president during this pandemic, do you think conservatives would be giving Obama a break You think they'd be saying, oh, no, 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 no. We can't criticize him about that final year of his presidency because they would just pick holes into everything he did, right? Look, let me just start with the fact that Donald Trump took a very small $250 million line item out of the federal budget that funded USAID in Wuhan, China, a laboratory that was an early warning system the United States had been placed around the world to look for pandemics and he cut that out and that early warning was not in if was not there in 2019 when covid began had it been there maybe we really could have contained it maybe we could have really been prepared for it and maybe we wouldn't have had to shut down our country for a year and shut down the world for a year so you know i i give him no pass for his performance in 2020 Uh, Again, the economy was destroyed. Millions of people lost their jobs and over a million Americans died. Many more got sick. I was on his watch. He's responsible for it. The buck stops with the president. He's the man in charge. And I don't understand what he meant by, I will be your retribution. America, that should scare you. That should send shivers down your spine is politics now about putting somebody in office who will go after your perceived enemies you see i don't perceive conservatives as my enemies i consider them people on the other side of the aisle who have a different opinion than i do they are my opponents politically but they are not my enemies we are all americans Our enemies are people who wish to destroy America. People like Vladimir Putin, who Donald Trump embraces still to this day. He said in his speech, if I was president, Ukraine wouldn't be over over by now. Of course it would. He would have sided with Russia. He would have given up half of Ukraine's territory this time. And then, you know, two years from now, the rest of it. He would have given up half of Ukraine's territory. He would have agreed that they would never be able to be put... Uh, in NATO or the EU. And that would be that. There'd be no more war going on over there. But Putin would have been rewarded for his act of aggression if Donald Trump was president. No doubt in my mind. 
I'm also concerned uh, that people want to vote for a guy. I don't see how people want to vote for a guy who every other word out of his mouth is I, 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 I. It should be about you, not about him. Anyway, when I come back, I'm going to talk to you about a bigger event that happened this weekend. Stay where you are. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. So what was the bigger event of the weekend, you might ask? Well, I tuned in at 10 p.m. on Saturday night on Netflix, live, by the way, to watch Chris Rock deliver a masterclass in stand-up comedy and commentary on events that impacted his own life. His special entitled Selected Outrage, to me was one of his finest work ever. Now, I, I look, his early stuff is fantastic. Uh, but like all of us, we've matured over the last 20 years. And Chris Rock is no different. We all know what happened to Chris Rock a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, when Will Smith came up and smacked him because Chris Rock made, I mean, what I consider a harmless joke at Jada Pinkett Smith. Last night, for the first time in a year, Chris Rock addressed that issue. And he tore Will Smith apart with humor and, quite frankly, with kindness. I know it doesn't sound like it was kind, but if you listen to the words that Chris Rock said, he talks about how Will Smith's Jada Pinkett Smith, I should say, his infidelity was well known around Hollywood. Rappers were talking about it. Actors were talking about it. Gossip columnists were talking about it. Chris Rock said he reached out to Will Smith as a friend to try to help Will Smith personally. Did it privately. Didn't do it on stage. What Jada Pinkett Smith did to Will Smith was no secret. And nobody was holding back except Chris Rock. At the Oscars, Chris Rock did not address the infidelity, but obviously that was what was going through Will Smith's mind. And the title of the, uh, of the, of the special, Selective Outrage, talks not only about Will Smith and how you know he could have taken it out on any of a number of people, but he decided to attack the weak. He decided to attack Chris Rock because he perceived Chris Rock was somebody he could attack. And I think, quite frankly, that's the way it is in a lot of our politics today. And I'm looking at you, Ron DeSanctimonious. 
or meatball or whatever they're calling you now. You are attacking the weakest among us. Groups that don't have broad support like the transsexual community. We see over the weekend uh, on Friday, Tennessee banned drag shows. Can you believe this? They banned public displays of drag shows. Now, I thought about this over the weekend. Does that mean a movie theater can't show Some Like It Hot or Mrs. Doubtfire, something like that? I wonder what this ban really means. What happens if a drag show occurs in a public space in Tennessee? Should people who are activists go there and get arrested? Make this an issue to see if this would actually survive a Supreme Court challenge? In fact, I think if I went there with a group of, of uh, you know, to, to put on a drag show to protest this law, it would have to be protected as the highest form of protected speech, political speech. Why go after them? Why selective outrage with them? Because you perceive that this is something you can get away with. You know, this is a problem in our society. We attack things, we attack people, we attack groups that we perceive will not be able to fight back. And I think all of us should be fighting back because let me, let's face it, this is how fascism starts. This is how... Uh, tyranny begins. You attack a group you perceive weak. And if people do not come to their aid, even people who are not part of that group, they continue to attack others. Groups that are slightly stronger. As far as they can go. Some idiot in Florida over the weekend proposed a law to ban the Democratic Party in Florida. Pointing to the fact that they supported slavery back in the 18th, in the 19th century, back in the 1850s, 1860s. America, this man is fully aware that the parties have realigned, right? There used to be a conservative Southern Democratic Party and a liberal Northern Democratic Party. The conservatives left the Democratic Party. They went to the Republican Party. The same people who this man now pretends, oh no, we're not racist at all. It was the Democrats that wanted slavery. It's one of the dumbest, oldest, saddest jokes. Of It's pathetic. It's selective outrage. Oh, oh, that racism from 1860 was bad. But the racism within the Republican Party right now, particularly the racism perpetrated by Donald Trump as president, not so, no problem with that. Selective outrage. CPAC all over the weekend was nothing but selective outrage. Lots and lots of grievances. Not a lot of solutions. CPAC used to be about this is how we're going to do what we say we want to do. This is the way to get our agenda through and what our agenda will actually look like if passed. You got none of that this weekend. Platitudes. Lots and lots of selective grievance. Grievance at groups they perceive as weak. That if we do not defend, our nation itself is weak. Can't let that happen. We need to protect everyone. Everyone's rights. They are all our rights. They could do it to them. They could do it to you. So let's start thinking more about us. 
all together right here. All right, I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.